Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that includes my bookie. You know, winning season has returned at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares at my bookie. Winning season means hitting all of your parlays. I feel sorry for you if you bet on that game tonight. And props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals or blow a big lead and need two Jimmy Butler free throws at the end to win. Rejoice. It's time to celebrate the NFL season as well as NBA. So invest in your intuition use the promo code five on the floor that's five on the floor spell it out and double your first deposits like free money new players get up to a thousand dollars in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet from live betting to championship futures every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie it's simple make your picks win big and collect your cash again use the promo code five on the floor and double your first deposit your winning season begins today only at my bookie and now today's crazy episode all right back here on five on the floor here's the floor plan we're going to dissect the miami heats 116 to 114 victory against the milwaukee bucks the, the heat now go up 2-0 in their second round series they're now 6-0 and in the postseason one of only two undefeated teams along with the boston celtics who are up 2-0 against toronto in the other eastern conference series we're going to bring on today um, three others with me. We've got Greg Sylvander. We've got Alex Toledo, who's going to be hopping off for the Heat Zoom calls. And we've got Brady Hawk, who is standing in for Alphonse Sidney, who is running our YouTube Floor is Yours tonight. So you can check out uh, both of us, uh, both of these episodes, the Floor is Yours. It's going to sit up there on the YouTube channel. And I think he's got four or five guests on with him. Let's get right to it. Uh, we've seen a lot of crazy Miami Heat playoff games over the years. I, I remember those Heat-Knicks games and Anthony Carter over the backboard and all kinds of crazy circumstances. Allen Houston, uh, the runner, the runner uh, at the buzzer. Mashburn passes up the shot. Then you go further on, you know, LeBron and Dwayne blitzing Chicago uh, in a first in a, in a, in a series to, to close out 4-1. All the crazy stuff we've seen. Ray Allen, three in the corner, of course. This one is a top five crazy playoff game for me, guys. Um, I mean, you start with the fact that, that Jimmy Butler was the seventh leading scorer on the Heat after scoring 40, made one of the most boneheaded plays I've seen a player of his caliber make at the end of the game, throwing the ball back towards his own basket when he got trapped in the corner, which ended up uh, you know, leading to basically the game getting tied, and then missing a free throw, and then winning it at the end after... Goran Dragic committed the fifth heat foul against a three-point shooter in the game. Giannis fouls Jimmy, fouls out of the game finally, fouls Jimmy at the buzzer and allows Jimmy, who really had nowhere to go on that play, to make two free throws, only needed one to win it. Greg, put it in perspective. I need a cigarette and a sandwich ASAP. (laughs) That was unbelievable. Like, I think... Top five, it's got to be in the neighborhood of that, at least in terms of craziest, tightest, most nervous moment heat games because um, of just like the little things, the, the you didn't know what foul was going to take place next or the weird turnovers or, or the, just the backwards offense that we saw where uh, certain guys aren't scoring, but uh, Tyler Hero's having a huge day. Um, it was unbelievable to watch. And it's just, it's, so fitting that Jimmy's the guy who had to close it out on the line. Nobody else is at the line but him. And uh, you see the other guys around the bench kind of nervous. I saw Hero a little nervous, bouncing up and down, and Jimmy closed it out. And ultimately, on a night where he played the way he did, if you look across, you know, Bam fouling out in only 32 minutes, this is, again, 
a formula where Milwaukee would have like if you would have given them this box score prior to the game, I think that they take it. And they had a lot of guys play a lot better in, ter- in, in, in many different ways. Uh, Giannis, you know, absolutely found his groove. George Hill was really productive in 25 minutes off the bench, and they still didn't get a win. I mean, this is where I know they're not going back to the AAA for game three, and they're not going to be, you know, obviously hyped up with the crowd there. But there's something that breaks the spirit when you lose two the way that they just did. And Miami has uh, – they have a mental advantage in this series, no doubt. Alex, I want to go to you on some strategic stuff because I know you're going to have to bolt at some point and come back and get the perspectives on this game. Um, Let's go through kind of what what happened here uh, before the craziness of the ending. And and we're going to talk about the officials. We can't avoid it. That was one of the most atrociously officiated games I've ever seen, and not just one way either. Most of it went against the Heat, but some of the calls against the Bucs were ridiculous too, in my opinion. But let's just go through a strategic standpoint. The way that this game was played was more what we expected right coming into the series the heat the heat were kind of beating the bucks from downtown early whereas the bucks were getting in the paint a lot more than they did in game one yep i think you got it just right i think like that's exactly this game was a lot more representative of the two teams all season and i think what we were expecting to see more than what we saw in game one where jimmy scored 40 after not really doing anything like that all season uh i think this game was really symbolic of what team this Heat team has been all season. They got going early on with the threes, like you said. They ended up hitting 17 threes, which is very much out of 45 because, of course, they, they launched at a, you know, an amazing rate. And it's good to see them hitting the threes again. We knew that that would happen. But, yeah, like you said, Jimmy was like the sixth or seventh leading scorer, had like 10, uh, 10 points before he hit those free throws, I believe. And, honestly, it's, it's good to see that they can still do that. It's good to see that uh, – they can still go out there and hit those threes. It, it was, I was a little bit worried about how well they were guarding Duncan and they still did a good job today, but yeah, man, that's the team that we saw all season. They kind of schemed Duncan off the floor to some degree. And we're going to get into that more too. Cause he was pretty much a non-factor in the second half, but, but I want to, I want to get into some big picture stuff with you guys. Cause we obviously have to put this into perspective. They're up 2-0 on the number one seed in the Eastern conference, this the number one seed in the league. Okay. They're six and zero in the playoffs. We're going to get to all of that, but Brady, you had a, a tweet before the game. Uh, and I think we all talked about this, that there was a little bit of a rope-a-dope that went on with Jimmy Butler. Um, the national media started to get into it because the only player they know on the heat is Jimmy Butler. And so they, they started to, to play on this fact that, you know, Jimmy was this dominant fourth quarter scorer, scored 40. Why wasn't Giannis guarding him? And you said basically, and I agreed with you, that this was going to free up things for other people. Jimmy at one point, I think was like eighth on the team in field goal attempts in this game. What did you see from his approach and how did it affect the rest of the team? I just think he finally got back to what he did all season. Every, like you said, in the national media, even the Milwaukee Bucks players and coaches kind of were kind of saying that they wanted to solely focus on the Jimmy Butler aspect of him being a, just a straight-up scorer, which is something that he wasn't all season. He was obviously a playmaker, a facilitator, a defender, which is something – all the things that we saw today from him, especially on the defensive end, obviously he made that, that uh, costly turnover at the end of the game. But, you know, he came up clutch, obviously, with the – with the free throws, but I think just this is where he thrives is just being this guy that he can, as he said before the game, he, he kind of wanted to get, he mentioned Goron, Tyler, Duncan, getting, he'd rather those guys be the guys to step up in this game because clearly they, when those guys are the main scorers, it just translates to heat wins. And he realizes that he, he knows his role, which is what he did today with the, just kind of being a facilitator at, which is what he did all season. Let's go through some of the players in this game because some of this is going to get lost. And again, I'm going to save the perspective stuff for the second half of the pod. Uh, Goran Dragic, again, six straight 20-point games, was electric in the first half. He had 17. They slowed him down a little bit in the second half. He wasn't, But I think he did some of it to himself. He wasn't quite as aggressive as he was earlier in the game. We saw Tyler get a little bit more aggressive, but the Bledsoe matchup, I thought changed things a little bit, but not early. Why not Alex? Uh, I'm not really sure. I just think Dragic is playing the most confident, most poised game he's had in a heat uniform during this stretch. I think this is a a great team for him to thrive on. And he's in a great, I think he's in a great zone right now, man. And that Bledsoe absolutely made it harder on him, but at the end of the day, he's just feeling it. He, the guy, has cemented himself as kind of their third best player throughout this whole run. And 
it's just awesome to see him do it over and over and over again at, at 34 years old, man. Even with Bledsoe on him, he still finds ways to, to you know, get the matchup he wants. He keeps targeting Brook Lopez and keeps hitting floaters yeah. over him. It's just insane. That pick and roll, the, the Goron Bam pick and roll has been so good. And uh, Nikaias called that. Nikaias called that, that, that we were going to see a lot of that because they were going to try to target Brook Lopez and his slow feet and make him choose between Goron or Bam. And that's been a really key part of their offense. I think that's kind of what helped them really get going to not put so much pressure on Jimmy. And also so that they can get other three-point shooters open by, you know, because of the offense focusing on Jimmy and Goron being the main guys. I just think I'm, I'm happy for him, man. But it is going to be tougher on him going forward, no doubt. 34 minutes tonight. We talked about the minutes. That's kind of the pocket that he's been in, somewhere between 34 and 36. Uh, 23 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, just two turnovers. Um, you know, I led, led them in scoring again, which I think is now four out of the six games uh, that he's led them in scoring. Um, I, I want to get to somebody that we're going to overlook, and I want to touch on him now. Uh, Jay Crowder played 36 minutes and those were necessary because Andre Iguodala turned his ankle. We're going to get into Derek Jones Jr. Also, but Andre Iguodala turned his ankle, could not return to the game, which I did think affected things there for a little while, but Jay, you know, they have made a decision. You're going to beat us from three. You're the one. Okay. We're going to let you do it. And he made four out of 12, which was just enough. There were some end of sequences that were tough. But he also had a couple of sequences in this game where I felt like he kept the game from getting away. He had that steal, uh, which led to the transition, uh, the tr- transition basket. There were a couple of sequences defensively where he just locked guys up, just locked yep. them up. Uh, I, I don't want him to get lost. I mean, he had 16 and six tonight, two assists and two steals. I, he's just become invaluable. Yeah, and also that he had a key layup on a break. Uh, there was a turnover, and somebody had, uh, threw it ahead to him, and he laid it up. It, it seems like a like an inconsequential play, but it was also a, a moment that like short. Yep. It just like they stopped the run for a moment, exactly. And another and Giannis almost blocked that one too. It looked like Giannis was about to take. He was coming right off the backboard. I know. Um, and, you know, this is the thing with Jay. Uh, the key stat for him, when you're looking at all these things that he's doing, he's firing up threes as many. And Spolstra wants him to, to take 12 threes, make no doubt about that. Zero turnovers. He's not making mistakes. And that's huge. When you have a guy that you're relying on to play defense the way that they are and play heavy minutes the way that they, that they have him, for him not to make any mistakes, Spolstra trusts him now and he's earned that. And uh, it's pretty unbelievable to see uh, him continue this because even when he didn't shoot well, he was absolutely a huge impact on the game. It was stands out to me with Crowder is that we look at Bam being that kind of Giannis stopper. But I think Crowder should be looked at it kind of at the same level the way he's been playing uh, against Giannis this, these two games. Just his physicality that he brings just seems to be clearly what we saw with Derek Jones guarding him. It was just like the, he's more, he's, it's more of a force to have a physical guy on Giannis that can kind of just disrupt him. Even if there's foul calls like there was today, I think it's just, it, it just balances it out a little bit more with his offense. He just yeah, has – go, go ahead, Alex. The Heat have definitely figured out that the physicality is kind of what gets into Giannis's head a little bit, especially when it's just multiple guys going at him. Like, I think Crowder – Alf was right, by the way, because he, he tweeted that uh, Crowder would surprise people guarding Giannis. And not that I, I test, want – I test. Yeah. <laughs> and not that I want Crowder guarding uh, Giannis one-on-one, because that's not really what they're doing, right? We know, we know about the whole wall scheme at this point. But when he is there one-on-one, he knows how to box him out. He knows how to front him. So he, he knows how to deny the ball. And Iguodala does all of those same things, but with longer arms and bigger hands and even better timing. And then that's, and I don't think those guys can really handle him one-on-one as much, but Bam, they don't even need to throw the wall up when he's out there. Like if he ever gets Bam on a switch one-on-one, they can, they can go back and just collapse on every other play that they're leaving wide open because Bam is going to do a good job. The thing about Jay is, um, you know, I mean, we, we, it's cliche to say he's a Miami Heat player, but like from the very first moment, he was a Miami Heat player. <laughs> he's like, he has this, you know, this fearless we talk about heroes, fearlessness, and we'll get into Tyler, but like Jay just doesn't care. Like he doesn't care. Like he's a role guy who, if he has an open shot, he's going to take it. If he has, you know, an assignment that looks like it's too difficult for him, he's going to want it. Um, I, I just, I mean, again, I, I don't want to go too far beyond because I think we need to stay in the moment here. The heat are doing something pretty impressive that may go a lot longer than a lot of people expected. 
So I don't really want to get too much into the offseason, but you cannot let Jay Crowder go. I mean, I, I just think we've hit that point. Like it's, it's, I'm not saying you give him three years and blow up the 2021 plan, but you give him a nice balloon payment this offseason because he fills so many gaps for them. And again, today, you know, without Iguodala in there and, uh, you know, and, you know, after he went out with the core of her flagrant, they, they needed Jay's toughness. I mean, it was absolutely critical. All right, let's get into a couple more guys here and continue to go through some of these players. Uh, Adebayo um, today, uh, 15-9-3 and a steal. He did foul out at the end. Uh, he was flat in terms of plus minus. It only took eight shots. But the Chris Bosch, big shot Bosch jumper, uh, there's been a couple oh of those. Li- there's been a couple of those lately, uh, again, and I, I still want to see him take. Uh, I still want to see him take Brooke off the dribble more often. I, I, yes. I think it's. I think it's there for him. He's not looking for it, but again, he his constant. His biggest factor today, and it didn't end up mattering that much because literally the officials were going to let 30 fouls go to keep Giannis in the game. But he created the fouls on Giannis, Middleton, and Lopez with his activity. It just never stopped. Yeah, well, the other thing with Bam is that they were out-rebounded 50-38. to 38. So when you talk about absolutely vital contributions, I know it doesn't feel like nine rebounds is a lot in Bam out of bio world, but ultimately those rebounds were huge. They needed every single one of them. Three offensive boards led the team. Those are extra possessions. So it's another game where the box score is not indicative of how important he is. But the other part of this is, is the heat essentially got through that fourth quarter without him on the floor. And I think Mm -hmm. that they learned some things about what they can stretch in terms of the wings and how far they can take that in clutch moments and still come out with a win. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm sorry, go ahead, Brady. No, I just, I think Greg hit on it right there. Just with this, with the talking about the rebounding thing, I think it may have something to do. We heard a little bit about him watching film and working on the rebounding side with Udonis Haslam. And I think that we kind of see that in these last two games, it's been on full effect. I think, it's not like he said with the nine rebounds, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I think it's just like the effort. If you just watch how many fouls he drew on, on Brooke Lopez and other guys down low the whole time, just being scrappy and fighting. I think that just, it speaks more volume than anything, any number that couldn't stat sheet. All right. We're going to get into some of the rest of the players here in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network, another local sponsor, and that's Mark Brown PA. It's spelled M A R C. This is real estate litigation and transaction law, commercial and residential. This is a also has a full service attorney owned title company. So they can take care of everything for you. If you're in the real estate space, they've got a $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. If you've out there shopped for anything, that's a pretty damn good deal. $295 closing fee by mentioning five reasons. They also handle evictions for landlords and tenants, and they offer flat fee evictions. They've been practicing for nearly 15 years. Get them on email. You can do that by going to Mark directly, M-A-R-C at markbrownpa.com, or call the office at 954-566-5678. Again, it's 954-566-5678. MarkBrownPA.com. All right, let's get into some of the other guys here, and then we're going to get into the sequences, and then we're going to put this thing into perspective. Uh, Tyler Hero, we can talk about this. What do you have, 17 he ended up with tonight? Um, I think it was 17, 17, 17, 5, and 4. Six of 13 shooting. Six of 13 plus 5. He missed a couple late. Uh, To me, the play of the game, though, for him was (laughs) that one-handed – uh, lob uh, oh on gosh. on time. That was to Crowder, correct? Um, that you know again was it Yeah, no, Bam. It was Bam. I'm sorry. It was it was Bam. It was Bam. But just the uh, I wasn't focused on the end as much as the beginning of that play. But just the I don't know the 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 feel, the touch, and and also the, the other thing man. that the other yeah well, that's the thing the other thing that got me was and I think Doris said this a couple times. Like, he was upset he was not getting the ball. Like, there are certain guys who shrink in those moments at the end of games. And, like, he was calling for it in the last three, four minutes of the game. This is, um, this is against his home team, too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, I, you know, like, it's, it's crazy when you get to a point where, obviously, like, late game stuff, I'm going Jimmy because I'm going to subscribe 
subscribe to the uh, SPO with Wade where he said, I'm always going to trust that guy. You know what? Uh, we're along for the ride with Jimmy Butler, so I'm always going to trust him. But other than Jimmy, like literally, if, if this, it, like let's just say in some magical world we're in the NBA Finals, is it crazy to think that Hero's not like the guy that would embrace that the most? And when you think about that at his age, it's just unbelievable to see it unfold, and it's been consistent. He hasn't had a, like a, a stinker playoff game yet, knock on wood. So, I mean, th this is something where he is absolutely rising to the occasion, and um, he's it's been an unbelievable uh, growth moment game over game. I think another thing that stands out, I kind of talked about this a couple of times previously, but I think just the way he, he controls the mid range. We saw that a couple of times today. He's, he's just kind of searches for that shot, which is something that most guys on the team don't do. Kendrick Nunn did it throughout the season, but he continually kind of tells himself that even though he's a great three point shooter, he's more comfortable taking one dribble in and taking that mid range, which is, which is just a, at being 20 years old and having that mentality to, to be like that kind of player is just, it just, it stands out. Yeah. I, I mean, I made a comment on Twitter and I know everybody jumped on me right away that Tyler Hero may end up having the best postseason of any rookie in Miami Heat history. And, and I, I understand why people got like, what? Dwayne. And I get it. And Dwayne averaged 18, four and five as a rookie on 45%. Beasley. What's that? Oh, you thought I was going to say Beasley? Yes. <laughs> no, Jay Ridge. Uh, and I get it. I understand that people remember the moments with Dwayne. But I feel like by the time this playoff run is over, there are going to be moments with Tyler also. And I also think that, remember, Dwayne played 13 games because the series were long. They, there were two series, but one was seven games against, uh, against the Hornets, and the other one against the Pacers was six and so he played 13 games, putting that up. Now, Tyler's only played six because the Heat have only needed six so far. But if this thing goes into the Eastern Conference Finals, if it goes into the NBA Finals, you're looking at a guy who right now is averaging 16, 4, and 4 on 44% shooting. It's basically what Dwayne did as a rookie. And this thing may go longer. And the other thing is Tyler's not starting, and Tyler's two years younger than Dwayne. I'm not saying he's going to be Dwayne Wade's. So everybody stop. But I think we need to understand what he is doing, <laughs> which is ridiculous at his I age. I didn't even realize his numbers were that good. Yes. To I mean, that off the bench we, is pretty we've come to man. expect it. We've come to expect it. And that's just an unbelievable moment. You can see that he's attached uh, to the hip of Jimmy Butler and the way that he approaches these moments. He's not intimidated. He doesn't flinch. There hasn't been one second where I've said Tyler hero looks like a rookie and everyone else looks like playoff vets. That has not happened at all. And um, usually every rookie has at least a moment and we haven't seen it yet from hero. He looks more comfortable than Paul George looks in the playoffs. I mean, and, and that tells you everything. I, it's, it, it's, it's just, it's just playoff, wow. playoff T. It's just remarkable. All right, I want to get to oh, a couple more guys, and, and then I want to get into the officials, and then I want to get into the perspective here. Uh, two more players I want to touch on real quick. And obviously, look, first thing, one we're not going to touch on much, but I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Iguodala is out for a little bit because that ankle is going to swell, and it may be a couple of games before we see him. So another reason, if the Heat can close this thing up a little quicker, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But I do think we need to talk about Derek Jones a little bit. Um, seven minutes, he picked up three fouls in a minute and a half. But then after that, had three blocks, a steal, and a bucket, which was a difficult basket, okay? I mean, he, he went reverse. That was <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Spolster's talked all year about their depth. Derek has kind of gotten pushed out to being the 10th man. I'm not saying this is the kind of performance that gets him a long-term contract, but it is the kind of performance that shows why he can be valuable on a good team because he can, he can go in and sort of, again, plug a gap. And one of the things I think that is allowing Jay Crowder and when he plays Iguodala to play so aggressively is they know if they get into foul trouble, they have other wings. They could go to Derek Jones Jr. They could even go to Solomon Hill. It's true. And, and, and I think that makes things a lot easier, but I want to give Derek some credit because for a really rough start when he went in, when Giannis was just bullying him, he ended up making a pretty sizable contribution in the next five minutes. He did. He was flying around as Spo would like to say, and uh, just being disruptive the way 
way that he was, the energy, the second jumps off of rebounds and stuff like that, even if he doesn't necessarily grab a board, just kind of his activity and the length, it all showed. And, and those are those moments where if Iggy needs to sit out a couple games or one game because the, the games are only, you know, back to back to like, there's only one day in between each game. So if Iggy has to miss the next one, I think you feel a little more comfortable, maybe increasing minutes where applicable, but also Derek Jones Jr. can plug right in. Yeah, no, I think no, you I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ray, keep doing that. No, you go. You go. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you that he didn't do such a great job those first couple of minutes that he was in against Giannis. Giannis is just too big for him, honestly, one-on-one. But he did a good job following the scheme and just kind of doing what he needed to do after that. I, it's definitely not a great matchup for him at all. He's not nearly as physical as Iguodala or Crowder, so it's tough. But I, I do think he can, he can get a role, especially if Iguodala is out just because I think he could really fit on in that defense, specifically not guarding Giannis one-on-one. If he was one of the help guys, I think he'd look even better because I think that's yeah. where he really thrives, and I think he would look better guarding a wing and then kind of helping off from the side. But either way, that was the role that they needed him to play in that moment because of the rotation and because of Iguodala being out. I think he did a good enough job, and it's just a defensive playmaker because we know he's not really contributing much on the other end, so it was good to see him go out there and, and make multiple defensive plays and they needed that man they needed that I think Alex hit on it right there I think that's going to be the biggest thing I think they're going to try to use Derek if Iguodala is out I think they're going to use Derek kind of in the as the help the kind of like the helper off the bench maybe with a crowd if Crowder's Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition in the U.S. more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Parting him or anybody else, I think that's where he's thrived all season. If you look back at those games against the Bucks in the regular season, he was the guy that was disrupting him with the help defense. I don't, I, I don't know the exact number with the steals, but... He, he was absolutely incredible just with that. And that's what a lot of guys on this team do with the help defense. But he's kind of like at the forefront, I think, of a representation of what these guys do on that, on that level. And I think we're going to see that in, in this next game. Because I, I, I agree also with what they said, which just he's not big enough, I don't think, to guard him, especially when he gets going. I just, he's just too much to handle for him. And I think, uh, I think we're really going to see that um, him switch off and guard somebody else. All right, last player we're going to get into today because there was a contribution made, and I think it's going to have to continue in this series because he presents different problems for Milwaukee, which is Kelly Olenek, uh, who had very good moments early in the first half. And it's just clear, Brooke Lopez doesn't want to come out and guard him. I mean, that's going to be there for Kelly the entire series. Uh, He's not consistent. We've kind of gone through this with him all season. But this is a matchup that plays – to his strengths in a lot of ways, at least on the offensive end. And he played 16 minutes, and I thought they were good minutes tonight. Yeah, and ultimately, the other part with Kelly Olenek is in this series – he is four for five from three. And I know that that's a very – there. It's a small stat, yeah, but that is – it'll keep them honest. As long as he continues to, sh- to shoot at that kind of clip or even in the neighborhood of that clip, he's a threat from out there. And they just need him to be that kind of uh, threat – for you know small periods throughout the game it's not like something where they have to rely on him big minutes barring any injury or foul trouble so ultimately as long as he keeps them honest that way and if you get some extra rebounds from him and stuff like that and and not a bunch of mistakes he's still proving to be a viable option in the rotation I don't see any reason why they would look to any other big to play uh, because he he definitely stepped up tonight yeah, I mean, Kelly, I, I love the way that Spo is using him because, like you said, there's no pressure on him to really be out there for too long. And we, we know how he can be on defense, and it's just uh, tough to really have him out on the floor when Giannis is out there. But I do really like the idea of him on the floor whenever Brooke is in because they're both obviously mm-hmm. slow-footed, and he can kind of – like, I'm not really worried about Kelly taking on Brooke unless Brooke gets just, like, great post position. Other than that, I'm good with that matchup, man. I'm good with Kelly being in there, uh, you know, a few minutes every second and – third quarter or whenever, whatever Spo decides to play him. I just think that pick and pop three, whenever Lopez is in, it's always going to be there because Lopez is always going to be dropping back. And like, like that was something that the Magic went to with Vucevic over and over. And that's what won them that first game when he hit like five threes. 
And I, I just think Kelly, you know, he's going to keep doing it, man. He's going to keep getting wide open threes. Kelly's, I think Kelly's just that one of those guys, like I don't want to put him in the same category as obviously as Duncan or anybody, but he has the capability of being that same kind of spark. As you mentioned, just he, when he gets hot, he kind of, he gets going just as those guys do. So I think there's going to be, I think we're going to see one of those games in the next couple, couple of days that he's just going to have one of those just great shooting where they, uh, where he just can't be stopped. Cause we saw that in a couple of those bubble games that he had, that that's something that that's the reason why he's in the rotation right now. And I think that Spolster is going to kind of include him a little bit more in those kind of plays, like just to, cause they know that that's what he's, kind of done his whole career he's just been that kind of guy we've seen in the playoffs with Boston in that uh like it was game seven when he's just a guy mm-hmm. that could just spark you just to get you going and, and just be a rotate uh just a guy off the bench that's just gonna get you like how Jimmy said just get you going that these other guys uh that are capable of doing it all right we're gonna get into uh the officials because I know everybody wants to talk about that before we do I want to tell you about where I was today I went down to North Miami to visit with Mark over at You Break Wheel Fix to check out what they do there. It's uh, it's really cool. I nearly burned myself a couple times because uh, I'm clumsy like that. But you got to check out You Break Wheel Fix. They're located just south of Aventura in North Miami. They've got 15 years of experience in wheel repair and refinishing. They do repair of cracked, bent, curved, and damaged wheels. They also can refinish and powder coat back to factory specifications along with over 5,000 available custom colors. Now, they do the vice colors, but when I was there today, they had the uh, the Dolphins colors up. They're, they're working on a truck, and I put it on the Five Reasons Sports uh, IG page. Make sure you check that out because you can do that to your vehicle also, or again, do the heat vice colors, ask him for anything. You want inner Miami, he'll do inner Miami. So visit you break wheel fix. Again, that's across all social media platforms, including Twitter, IG, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or call 305-748-0112, 305-748-0112. The website is you break, that's you, just the letter break wheel fix.com. All right, let's get to it. Um, that was a Mark Davis crew tonight. And I've had a, I had a bunch of people, friends of mine, my family, other friends, uh, and they're like, I can't watch this. <laughs> it, it was, I, I mean, is this a Heat Homer perspective that I'm getting because I'm in a feedback loop on Twitter that it was that against the Heat tonight? Or were they just bad? Because I, I, I feel like, a, you cannot breathe on a three-point shooter anymore in any way, uh, or at least with this particular crew. And there was no consistency. Giannis, as Doris Burke pointed out, committed three offensive fouls on one play, and none of them were called. And it does seem, and I've noticed this, this is now the third game I've noticed this. The other two were not against the Heat. They will not give Giannis a fifth or sixth foul when he's, he's accumulated four. It's just, like, it's just not going to happen. Was it as bad as it looked? To me, it, it was absolutely bad. There were uh, hundreds of, it felt like hundreds of plays that are questionable, but ultimately the Bucks shot seven more free throws than Miami did. So uh, there, there probably is some level of perspective in terms of the way we're viewing the game. Uh, now, obviously the, the call on Gorn there at the end to uh, the foul on, I think it was Middleton who took that shot. Uh, I, I thought that was completely ridiculous, but they were consistent and they called it with Jimmy down at the other end. Also, that doesn't mean it's not infuriating. That doesn't mean it's not completely an eyesore of a game to watch, but ultimately if Miami gets 32 free throws, Milwaukee got 39 free throws. At some point there, we have to look at it as it was just called like a tight game. Yeah, I didn't love those calls, man. There was a lot of bad ones, but specifically down the stretch, calling that Middleton one. Oh, my God. I just thought like Dragic had his arms up, wasn't even leaning into him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I, I'm glad that they were consistent about it and called on, on the other end. But Giannis legitimately made contact with Jimmy on the jumper. Whereas mm-hmm. Middleton, I, I, I didn't really see any con, uh, contact under, despite Dragic going under him. That's really all I saw. And I, I, that but, was but really Alex, annoying, let me man. challenge you a little on this. because it should, It's a tough job. I'm going. not trying to bag on the refs. No, 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 no. Was, I'm, I'm, it was I'm ugly for sure. From the officials pers- I'm not questioning from the officials' perspective. 
I'm saying if you're Dragic, should you be contesting at all? I mean, it, it was it was 27 feet, right? 27, 28 feet. Like, should you yeah, be contesting? I think because you have to. I mean, you you, you know, you, but you know how the yeah. officials are calling it. They'd already called four of them on you during the they game. They called four I mean, of those. I, you know, the, the, the landing, the landing. <laughs> Oh, just no, on, on, on three. So essentially, like I think what Ethan's alluding to is that you you, the shooter. you you close out hard, but you're measured in your closeout. You know what I mean? So that yeah, you yeah. know that you don't hit him and you don't get close enough. And if he makes it, hey, hats off to him. You're still in a position where you don't right. go down from that possession, even if he makes it. So, um, but I think it's just ingrained in their heat DNA to uh, to close out the way they do. Yeah. But again, seven, seven, seven times in the game. Five against the Heat, two against Milwaukee on three. Well, they, what they really should have done is, is I, foul I, Giannis. Is, is that even allowed anymore? Can you just like foul somebody off the ball and they go to the free throw line? Uh, I think it would have been. I think it would have been two in the ball, right? Oh, that's I right. It, that's what they did. That was the amendment. I, I, I think. I think it would have been two in the ball, so you couldn't do that. But uh, look, I understand Middleton. To me, the guy I was concerned about there for the Heat was George Hill because I, in those situations, he's deadly. And and that that was the big concern, but yeah, I mean Middleton's a plus three point shooter. Well, he and, was about a 50, 40, 90 difficult this year. on him. No, I get it, I get it, but you know he's twenty seven feet at yeah. the end of the game, and they they've been calling that thing the whole time. I'm just like, why is? I mean, what is Goran going to do to contest yeah. that thing? Anyway, he didn't hit it three all night. I, I I would have just gone. Kinda... And talking about just like the heats, kind of like how they were offici- officiating. I think it's just it, the part that just doesn't make sense to me is that Giannis is a player that you kind of have to be physical with on the defensive side. There's no way that you're not going to be making contact with him when he's driving to the rim like that. So it's kind of hard to be able to be that lenient with the calls when it's a guy that plays to that effect. That's just the part that, that kind of stands out to me. I, I think that um, I want to talk about the play after also after that call uh, which, you know, the ball, you, you mentioned this earlier in the episode, Greg, about how, you know, you're going to ride with Jimmy down the stretch. Like, you know, I'll go to my grave with Dwayne Wade at the end of the game, which is, you know, a quote that Eric gave me that then he ended up repeating a thousand times afterwards. A- and I understand it to a certain degree, but there was nothing happening on that play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what, what was, what was supposed to happen? Because the way Jimmy was being guarded by Wes Matthews in the second half, he was not getting clean. No. He just wasn't. I mean, they, they were, they were loading. Wes is a really physical defender. That's the kind of defender I think you need against Jimmy. I don't think height does it against Jimmy. I think it's just toughness. Like Jay Crowder would be a good defender yeah. on Jimmy. Wiry okay. strength and good <laughs> hands, know? and and they they essentially right. I think that they thought Jimmy was going to spring open a little bit more than they than he actually ended up getting because they essentially cleared out that that side of the floor for him at some point uh they just anticipated he would catch it a little cleaner with a little bit more time to work um but so i i didn't love the play call either i felt like there's more creative stuff they can do to to kind of whip the ball around and find someone wide open but ultimately they they gave it to him they trusted him and he got free throws out of it <laughs> well he did but can't you make the argument alex that maybe at some point if you trust Jimmy that much, maybe at this point with what he's done through the first six playoff games, maybe you could put the ball in Goran's hands there at the end also. I know that hasn't been the thing that Spo has traditionally done over the past, what, five years that, that Goran's been in town. But I don't know. In that game, I would trust Goran as much as I would trust Jimmy. Yeah, I don't hate that idea. Uh, I was kind of hoping that they would pass it into Hero there. But at the end of the day, I trust Jimmy. Um, I was, it was good to see him make those free throws. I was still very nervous at the line. But can I read to you one quote, speaking of Jimmy Butler? If, if yes. the game did happen to go to overtime, we were still going to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, well there, was, there was no Bam and there was Giannis, so I guess you canceled yeah. each other yeah, yeah. out. I, right? I, I, I want to see if you would have said that if Giannis never fouled out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we were going to see UD in the third overtime, uh-huh. picking and popping with uh, with, with who with the Kendrick Nunn. Um, UD checking Giannis, yeah. <laughs> uh, pro- probably right. I mean, that's kind of that. kind of where we're headed. I mean, look, Jimmy dodged a bullet to some degree, you know, from a national media perspective, because that play at the end is is kind of I, there were so many things that went wrong. Uh, with it, with I'm not just the missing the one free throw because I kind of expect Jimmy to miss one out of two in the end, sort of like Dwayne used to. Yep, but even though Jimmy's a better free throw shooter, but like that play at the end, there were so many things that were wrong with it. First, no one came to help Jimmy when he was stuck in the corner. Uh, Second, 
I mean, I mean, there's there's a million things he could have done that would have been better. Like he had two timeouts. Yeah, that, that's oh. it. Call timeout. <laughs> Call timeout. Or 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 Spo. Why not Spo? Yeah, that's what right it, it, He was right next to the ref. It kind of looked like he was going to call a timeout, but then he ended up not. He was standing right there next to him, like like he was intending to. He should have, and and then, but you don't. But like the one thing, like I mean, it's taught in third grade. <laughs> Don't throw the ball. It's like when you play soccer. Don't kick the ball in front of your, in, you know, near your keeper, basically. Okay, in that situation. Don't, don't put it in front. Don't cross. The man basically turned around midair to throw that pass. And it threw to it throw right towards like to a seven-footer. To Goron under his basket, a six-foot-three guy. Like, yeah. no. Like, I, who, was what, being, who was being guarded in his zone defense by Brook Lopez at that time, apparently. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, chuck it down the court, right? Like, okay, you're st- or literally throw the thing out of bounds would have been better. Just throw it out of bounds, reset, okay? And obviously, you know, the Bucks would have had the ball, but you can't throw the ball to your backcourt. So Jimmy got bailed out in some ways. I thought he played a really strong game defensively. Um, I thought his intentions in this game and how to, his approach was good. Um, I was waiting for a takeover, but it was clear Wes Matthews wasn't going to let it happen. But, but that play would have been – everywhere if they lose that game everywhere okay you know what's you, you know what he got away for, with it you know what sucks for milwaukee is that miami still hasn't played their best game to be really really honest save it save it i want to do that after this break because that's that's where we're going with this um want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that's our friend Louis Peters at State Farm. This is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the entire United States. More than 60 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. These are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. Access 24-7. That's if you go online at louispeters.com, L-U-I-S, peters.com. Or you can walk in during the day. They're in Miami, Southwest 117th Avenue, or... You can, as I said, you can click in or you can call in 305-275-5585. Again, that's 305-275-5585. This is personalized service tailored to each customer. No cookie cutter solutions. And you get to talk a little sports as you can with any of our sponsors. Uh, Louie and I were going back and forth on Twitter tonight. Uh, me from the five reasons sports account. So check it out. LouisPeters.com, life insurance, car insurance, any kind of insurance, hospital insurance, whatever it is you need. I'm going to be sending my clients, not my clients, but my friends over to LouisPeters.com to become his clients. All right, let's get into some perspective here because you, you hit on it. We were talking on the pregame on the YouTube channel about how if the Heat play their best game and the Bucks play their best game, I feel that the Heat's best game is better. I feel like the Heat are the better team, not just a better matchup. I feel like they're the better team. I feel like they have more options, more places that they can go, whereas the Bucks are completely reliant on what Giannis and, to a lesser degree, Chris Middleton create for them, whereas there's just, there's just more options for Miami. Um, and, and I just think when Miami playing the kind of defense that they played in stretches tonight – where they're all over the place, there's, you know, whether they're switching or they're not switching, they just are, they're long. Um, you know, I think the national media is paying attention to it now. Like to me at this point, and I picked the Heat in six, this is not an upset. It's not an upset. In fact, I mean, the Heat, these teams have played each other five times now, and really the Bucks have been better for one half. And that was the second, the second half of the first bubble game. That they play that that they played the the seeding game, and in Don't that game, that first quarter, game one, right? Well, in the first quarter, right? But the, no Jimmy Butler and no Goran Dragic in that game. I, mm-hmm. Other than that, the Heat are, the Heat have been better. Like I, they're going to win this series and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you're calling it. I mean, I called it before the series, yeah. but it, are, are you calling it now? Now yes, that they're up to uh, that calling, they're going to finish call- this. Yes, I, they may not finish it in four, but they're going uh-huh. to finish. They're going to finish it. They're going to finish it. They're better. They're better. Good. Well, and another reason why they, um, why this isn't an upset anymore, is that, like, and I hate to be cliche here, but the Heat have less deer in headlights. Get it? Um, you yeah. can just see, like, literally these guys, like Hero and Goran. Um, they're they're not afraid of these moments. Jimmy is leading them. They're all following that lead, and they they know that they've tapped into something that Milwaukee is aware of. Of, that there's certain um, that the wing defense and the way that they're guarding Giannis and crowding him, crowding Middleton. That although they're going to get theirs because they're a great team, that they can still win. 
and all we're waiting for is that barrage of three-point shots when Duncan Robinson's six for seven or something like that. And and that's a whole element of this that they're not even going to that they haven't even seen. And let's say that they key on Duncan the whole series, then what we've already seen open is going to remain open. So um, Milwaukee has to feel disconcerted going into Game Three. Yeah, man. I mean, I, you're you hit it. Like you nailed it when you talk about the deer in the headlights thing. Which, by the way, that's a it's a great pun because that's exactly how the Bucks look out there, man. Like Giannis the whole time. Again, there's I'm not trying to be the you know the body language monitor guy, but at the end of the day, <laughs> they just were not giving off great body language, man. Giannis had those scared eyes on his face the whole time. The guy is tired. You can tell he is frustrated with how many guys are throwing at him, and it's a lot. It's a lot for him to handle, man. It does remind me a little bit of the Raptors where obviously the Heat don't have the top to down. It's just, you know, A-plus defenders or whatever, but they have so many guys, and it's just getting to them, and they're not able to create enough looks. Middleton, you know, can get hot as a shooter, but at the end of the day, you're not afraid of the guy one-on-one. And if they're stopping the Giannis-Middleton pick-and-roll, then I'm really not afraid of the Bucks, man, because that is, like, the one thing that I think could have really messed with the Heat offensively, and the Heat are shutting it down. The Heat are switching it hard, and they're, they're denying Giannis on the roll every time that they run it. you're right, man. They they absolutely have the momentum. They've outplayed the Bucs in two games, and this is still going to be an upset. Let's talk about perspective here because we mentioned, I've mentioned it a bunch of times. This is the number five highest Mm -hmm. point differential of all time, the Milwaukee Bucks this season. Mm -hmm. They won what? 66 last year. In reality, Giannis should have won defensive player of the year last year too. We're talking about, I mean, this is, this is unreal what they're doing right now. Even with what we know about how they played the Bucs all year, how they played Giannis all year and that they have the guys to guard him. It's still unreal that they pulled it off in two straight games versus a team that basically won 67 in back-to-back years and had a guy who could have and should have won MVP and Depoy back-to-back years. This is unreal what they're doing. It's, it's, it, unreal. it's unreal that I didn't go to my bookie and throw $1,000 on this a few months ago. when. Oh, my God. I was late on the bed, and I'm so upset, man. When, when, yeah, when, when, we, when we – I mean, I did, I did put money on him uh, plus, plus 350 before this series, but could have been a lot more a lot earlier. I, I mean, basically, everything that we have said on Five on the Floor, if you've been listening, has played out uh, in this matchup. The, the Heat adding the wings at the trade deadline was going to be critical. Um you know, again, the, the way that, that some of the, the way that the Bucks play defense playing into the heat strengths and also the Bucks not being the same in the bubble, that they were going to lose momentum. And, and I'm looking right now at Don't some of their your old, Goron theory. Well, and the Goron theory has played out, too, but I'm looking at some of their older guys tonight. Marvin Williams, one of six from the field, zero, four from three. Kyle Korver had one, three. Um, George Hill was pretty good. Five of nine. Lopez was pretty good. Uh, Wes Matthews you know, played good defense, was two of eight from the field. They have some younger, uh, some older guys who haven't really rounded into shape. Um, and, and, and here's another stat. This, to me, this stat just jumps off the page. They were, Chris Middleton was a plus 18 tonight. Giannis was a minus seven. Giannis has been a big minus in both games. Um, and, and when you look at it, they were better in the non-Giannis minutes tonight <laughs> uh, than they were in the Giannis minutes. Because, again, Miami has frustrated him. And, and I want to let Brady close here, but I got, a, I got a text. Everybody's sort of waiting for the text I get because I dropped one the last time. So everybody's asking about Twitter. Um, this came in from someone, uh, not, not a Heat official, but somebody associated with one of the players. They just need one bench guy to get hot, and it's a sweep. It's going to be hero. It's going to be hero. I think, like I said before, I think there's a chance it could be Kelly. I just think there's a couple guys on that on that bench unit that there's a chance that one of them could get hot. I think we're we're kind of coming getting towards a Kelly Olynyk game that's going to just pop off the board, and he's just gonna. I think they're just kind of gonna they're looking at this bench unit. They're going to be watching. They're going to be watching Tyler Hero. They're going to be keying on him a lot after, especially as we talked about before, of him being just spectacular in this game today. But I think they're going to get a little bit of. Just lackadaisical kind of with Kelly Olynyk, and I think this is a uh, kind of what we're heading towards. It may be him, it may be Tyler. There may be a Kendrick Nunn game in here, and and that to me is the we point. Still haven't gotten the the Duncan game like Leif said. And that we haven't gotten the well. Duncan did have three threes today, so he still hasn't gone since December without having you know at least three threes in Honestly, one of one of two games. All you really need from him if they're if they're gonna keep playing like this, man, where you you're not you're not worried at all about their defensive execution and defensive pressure in the game plan. And you just have to worry about how many threes are going down on offense. 
they have so many shooters that I don't really need Duncan to to have one of the seven or eight three pointer games. I mean, that would be nice. That would be great. But I, I just think they have so much going for them right now, weapon wise. Where it's like, yeah, Duncan hit three threes. Good job, man. That's what we needed you to do there. He's he's not getting cooked on defense. I'm happy with Duncan's effort, man. He was even shooting when the shot mm-hmm. was barely even there. Like he he wants to get those shots off. Yeah, he, and it's kind of seemed. It seemed like Duncan, whenever he had those kind of big three-point games, it was kind of in the, the Indiana series where the offense was kind of executed kind of to perfection. Yeah. But I think in these types of Milwaukee games, it's more of a, a sloppy kind of style that a lot of the threes have come off of the, you know, offensive tip backs or types of stuff like that. I think yeah. that doesn't benefit Duncan as much as the other guys. Like No, like, it benefits Hero. It benefits Hero. Right. The, that, guys, that is the more... guys chasing him are, are doing a better job than the Pacers guys for sure. But, 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 the, but the thing is, Hero is more of an improvisational player. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I, there's more spots on the floor that Tyler can get his shot off. And so I think what Brady's speaking to is true. I think is in a choppy series like this, uh, you know, with the way that they, they can guard the three – it's it's Tyler who can do some of that intermediate stuff, and that's why I think there may be a Kendrick Nunn game here before we're over with. I I and and see to me that's the problem for Milwaukee and why again Miami is going to win this series is we can name three or four guys that we can say, yeah, there's going to be a game. Okay, I'm looking at Milwaukee's roster. Who, who, beyond Giannis and Middleton? I think we've seen the best of Lopez. Is there going to be an Bledsoe have a good game? game? Here's the thing. Just let's pray that they don't put Ilyasova in. That's the only guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little Budenholz surprised. Is getting out coached. He has no clue. Didn't do. Didn't do a good enough job scouting Ilyasova in his past performance. No, but I, but, the Heat. I, but I am surprised. And, and Pat Connaughton, by the way, today in 12 minutes was a minus 19. In a, oh, in a two point. Maybe they in, shouldn't have played him down the stretch in game one to. <laughs> right. Well, well, that's but 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 again, I go through and I say, who on Milwaukee is going to have a game? And it's just Giannis or Middleton. That's it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Giannis can't give you 45, but the way that they're – the way that And Brooke already had the game. Right. So, so I think that makes it challenging. All right. Uh, check out all of our other sponsors. Of course, Biscayne Bay Brewing, uh, which I'm, I'm going to grab a couple of those right now. They sponsored our pregame and our postgame shows today. So make sure you check out Biscayne Bay Brew, uh, Brewing Company. Go online and check out where you can get their beer because they're in a variety of Publixes and other stores here in South Florida. But make sure you check first. And if they don't have it at the store, make sure you ask for it. That's the official beer of Inner Miami, the Miami Marlins, and, of course, Five Reasons Sports. We'll be back tomorrow night. I'm going to go check out how Alf destroyed our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure he didn't get us sued. Have a great night. Heat up 2-0. Culture. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.